Welcome to the Edistar Talks podcast, where we invite some amazing educational rock stars who lives to inspire and loves to encourage. Hosted by an educator, facilitator, and the EdTech coach, Sonedha Sodhi. In this show, we will discuss about how educators can amplify student engagement, shake up learning, and can rock the curriculum content with 21st century skills. So if you are looking for ways to rock your class, stay tuned with us and be the never to be forgotten. Hello everyone, welcome to the AU Rockstar podcast episode number 9 and today we have a special guest with us. Ms. Lakshmi Annapurna Chintaluri. She is certified in Advanced Educational Leadership from Harvard University, USA. She has 28 years of association in the field of education with experience in India and abroad, with more than 25 years in a leadership role. She has written several articles, presented papers at various international conferences, participated and conducted webinars and is also a recipient of Net Asia Award for collaboration along with other national and international awards. She is the author of the book Who Are the Path Takers in a School which focuses on transforming schools to the 21st century levels released recently by the AICTE Chairman Dr. Anil Sahasrabhude and NCRT Director Dr. Sridhar Srivastava. We welcome you ma'am for the EduStar podcast and we really look forward for a great interaction on the new education policy for India. I, I request you, yeah, I request you ma'am to kindly introduce yourself to our audience today. First of all, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Uh, my professional journey, I would say, has been varied, exposing me to rich experiences and tremendous learning, I would say, both in India and abroad, which has now helped me to reach these levels where I can now lead and guide all the stakeholders in the school system. Over the last three years since I relocated back to India, I would say I have become a, a freelance education consultant by default and have had the opportunity to train almost 3,000 teachers and more than 500 principals and headmasters across the country through various uh, organizations and, through, uh, and uh, schools. Uh, so this is uh, in short about me, I would say. <laughs> It has given me an opportunity to uh, pen a lot of articles about my experience. And uh, the, the final thing has come out in the form of a book, which I would call as a professional diary. All my experiences and learnings I have put together in that book. And I've had the good fortune the, of uh, getting it released by two big stalwarts from the education industry. Thank you so much, okay. ma'am. It is a pleasure having you on our podcast today. So today we are going to discuss about the national education policy, which is the first holistic reform that aims to completely change education of all levels across India. 
the first of its kind since the constitution of india was created more than 7 decades ago the nep can be seen as a continuing of the ideals and principles which were listed out in our constitution and as the nep itself claims to build an equitable inclusive and plural society as envisaged in our indian constitution so today we are going to discuss about national education policy with our guest so my question to you uh, is ma'am that what purpose does the nep serve okay basically any national education policy serves as a policy document setting the vision mission and philosophy of the nation's educational standards it sets the agenda the tone and tenor content and intent of the policy makers to make it very clear for everyone associated with education be it the k12 sector or the higher education as it where where it wants to see the status of the country in terms of education vis-a-vis the world today we cannot ignore the world's benchmarks and all attempts have to be made to see to it that every child in our country who has the ability to become a global citizen reaches the benchmarks set by the world and that is the purpose of nep that's indeed a great thought ma'am thank you for sharing that now uh, there is no secret that parts of indian education have been about uh, only cramming facts and figures till now and many of which will have no use in our adult life until now it's been about memorizing enough to earn high marks in an increasingly competitive space and this policy nep has set about to change this by promoting a critical thinking approach to learning making students come to their own conclusion after being given some facts and not just providing facts and expecting them to memorize answer so what do you think are the key takeaways from the nep for the k12 educators uh, surely there are many takeaways for educators and by educators i mean all the major stakeholders in a school system like the managements leadership and teachers in particular if you see the previous education policy which came about 34 years ago at that time the focus of the nation was to increase the literacy rate make primary education mandatory for all bring as many children into the education fold as possible we probably achieved that but what became a casualty in the process of working aggressively to bring many children into the schools is what we call as grade level competency grade level competency means that children should have achieved the knowledge and skills as per the level of that particular grade it means that a class 3 student should be having the knowledge and skills meant for a class 3 year child unfortunately in our country today a large percentage of even class 5 students do not have grade level competency of even class 3 standards and as regards literacy and numeracy specifically as regards literacy and numeracy now we have achieved the literacy levels targeted to a large extent 
But as I mentioned before, if we do not take care of the grade level competency, it becomes useless. So the present NEP focuses on increasing the quality of education received by the children. And in this direction, where earlier the NCERT and SCERT were involved in education from grade 1 onwards, now the focus has shifted to preschool levels also. That is from nursery onwards. That is from age 3 onwards, there is a plan that has been chalked out. In fact, there is a plan from 0 three to 3 years also, which will be implemented by orienting parents. And this is where they have brought in ECCE, that is the Early Childhood Care and Education, with its pedagogical practices. In fact, Bill Gates says, the first five years of a child's life decide how the next 80 will be. That is how important early years education is to a child, as it helps in building the base or foundation for their entire life's learning process. And I think one of the best decisions of NEP is to introduce the pedagogical practices of ECCE at the foundational stage as early years today is considered as one of the most important age group which requires proper education. If you see according to UNESCO, a preschool curriculum is one that delivers educational content through daily activities and furthers a child's physical, cognitive and social development. And in this direction, the pedagogical practices of ECCE are the best that can be implemented and NEP has also recognized that it enables the children to attain optimal outcomes in the domains of physical and motor development, cognitive development, social, emotional, ethical development, cultural, artistic development and the development of communication and early language, literacy and numeracy. Across the world, the OECD countries, this is the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which ranks countries based on their standards of education, has ranked Finland, Sweden, Norway, UK, Singapore, etc. as the countries having the best education. And all of them use the pedagogical practices of ECCE at the foundational stage in their education system. And I'm happy that our government has also realized this and has decided to implement the, these the pedagogical practices of ECCE in our early years education. And to take this further, the next focus is on foundational literacy and numeracy. Here again, the policy clearly states that there will be a special attention paid to early language and mathematics from grades 1 to 5. And the policy aims to ensure that every student in grade 5 and beyond must achieve foundational literacy and numeracy by 2025. And this will take care of that grade level competency. But today, as per statistics, over 5 crore students currently in elementary schools have not attained the foundational literacy and numeracy levels as expected. So attaining this foundational literacy and numeracy for all children has thus become an urgent national mission. In fact, as per uh, Ms. Anita Karwal, the Secretary of School Education, if this is not taken as a priority and the objectives are not attained, then the rest of the policy will become invalid. Another major move according to the policy or I would call it as the cornerstone of the entire policy as this was the reason the entire education policy needed to be revamped and revisited 
is to move from rote learning to competency-based learning. This is what you mentioned also, that or there is a rat race for marks and rote learning uh, has been the key. Now, this has been in focus for the last few years. And today, there are many schools which have adopted these measures in their, in, in their teaching and learning process as this is the need of the art today for our children to compete with the best in the world. From my experience of visiting many schools, I would say that there are 75% of the schools which still need to move from this rote learning to competency-based learning in our country. And this multidisciplinary approach that has been recommended in the policy also helps students to gain concept understanding and again helping them to move away from rote learning. And another key takeaway or another thing that educators need to be mindful of is what has been taken more seriously by the policymakers is regulation in the field of education. Especially in a country like India, this is very essential. It's not only enough to frame the rules, regulations, policies, define quality and professional standards. It is equally necessary to ensure that there is an efficient monitoring system to see to it that all of these are followed as directed. Many countries in the world have these regulations in place and some of them being very stringent. Some giving enough autonomy to the school leadership and teachers to enable them to come up with their own innovative ideas. In some countries, there are regular inspections of all the schools based on the parameters spelt out by the ministry and schools are given rankings. And this actually gives the parents also an idea as to what kind of school they are admitting their child and what's the quality of education they can expect from the, from the schools. I'm happy to note that now as per the policy, to ensure that all schools follow certain minimal professional and quality standards, the states and the union territories will set up independent statewide bodies like called the state school standards authority, etc., which will set establish a minimum a set of standards based on the basic parameters like safety, security, basic infrastructure, number of teachers across subjects and grades, probity and sound processes of governance, etc. So I would look at these four major points like the ECC, the foundational literacy and numeracy, moving to competency-based learning and finally getting ready for regulatory authorities as the major takeaways for every educator from this NEP. Thank you so much, ma'am, for bringing out such brilliant, insightful thoughts for the educators today. Very possibly the changes which are laid out in the NEP mirror the educational models of some of the most powerful and developed countries in the world. And now it is going to be applied to our country that has largest population in the world. So what do you think is the professional development road plan to prepare teachers for such inquiry-based teaching with six C's as their focus along with the implementation of the sustainable development goals? Now, one thing is very clear that by now, every educator has understood that there has to be a change in the way teaching and learning has to be conducted in the 21st century. And the competencies required for the students to survive in the future are different and are more skill related. 
we have many studies conducted by St Stanford University and the World Bank, which has highlighted the lack of critical thinking skills in our students. And there is statistics to, to show that 65% of the students who are in school today are all going to take up jobs or entrepreneurial ventures in fields that have not even started today. So education is in a massive change in our country today. So moving in this direction, the policy clearly outlines that if we now have to move from rote learning to competency-based learning, so now what are the competencies? They are what we call as the 21st century skills, the higher order thinking skills, social and emotional skills, values, life skills. And it is clear that these are the skills which will stand in good stead for our children when they face this uncertain future and help them to face the challenges of their tomorrow. And how do we teach these skills? All these skills have to be taught to our students incidentally. That is, there is no direct lesson to teach critical thinking, etc. It has to be taught using the subjects of English, math, science, etc. So today, how many of our teachers are proficient enough to even think critically, creatively or out of the box? We have to remember that many of our teachers have not been through a schooling system or a learning system which helped them to develop this kind of thinking. And now to teach our students, they have to be at least a couple of notches above the students in this direction. So how many of our teachers are capable of this today? How many of them can write lesson plans which can enable the children to acquire all these skills? There are many schools in India where teachers are not familiar with these and schools also don't insist. There are many pockets in India where teachers have not even heard about Bloom's taxonomy. And here we are trying to train them in experiential learning. This is the present scenario. So here, the policymakers are now working to bring about professional development modules by revising and revisiting the National Curriculum Framework of Teacher Education's new version. By the end of 2021, we should be seeing that. And what is most heartening to see is that now we don't need to wait for 34 years to see changes to these standards and in the and the quality but every five years this will be done and the policy also clearly outlines the guidelines that have been defined to improve the teacher education overall including overhauling the teacher education institutes and even attempting to weed out those not up to the mark and slowly ensuring that going forward these programs will be available in regular universities to enable the students to have access to research-based programs and exposure and interaction with PhD aspirants. And the policy also outlined the development of a common guiding set of national professional standards for teachers, which will be developed by 2022. Now, as per the policy by the National Council of Te for Teacher Education in consultation with NCERT, and coordinated by the SCRT's teachers from across all levels and regions, hopefully this will ensure that there is a standardization of the expectations from the teachers as to the minimum levels of knowledge, skills and attitude required to be exhibited by the teachers across the board, which will then help us to reach the goals outlined in the policy. This is very important in today's scenario. For people to understand the level of professional skills required
to become a teacher and that not everyone and anyone can become a teacher and here again the professional standards will be reviewed once every 10 years from 2030 onwards taking the empirical analysis and after observing how efficiently the systems are running another positive move that i see in the policy for teachers is the autonomy that is given to them in choosing finer aspects of pedagogy so that they may teach in the manner that they find most effective for the students in their classrooms and communities and as part of the developing the school culture involving them in the governance including as members of the school management committee etc so for a teacher who is passionate there is a lot to look forward to teachers who deliver will enjoy lot of learning and growing opportunities and attempts are also being made to create a niche for them in the society also today and again regain the lost respect that is due to them in the society yes definitely ma'am teacher requires lot of professional development and yes. a road plan to yes. prepare themselves first to implement yes. the new education policy indeed yes. you brought up some of the very good points and now i would like to ask you that keeping in mind the overall aim of learning which you have just discussed with our audience mm. what changes do you think should be made in the assessments and how this 360 degree multi dimensional report that will be prepared for the students kindly uh, throw some light on this yes now if the skills that need to be acquired changed automatically the methods of assessment also needs to change the blueprints for assessments everything has to change so here we are looking at skills like critical thinking analytical thinking logical analysis creative thinking problem solving collaboration citizenship character building all of them being as being the most important skills then what we need to understand is that these skills cannot be acquired overnight or in a year children have to grow in an environment where opportunities are provided to enable them to develop these skills and the kind of modules that we have brought out in the form of ecc and all the various pedagogical practices will help develop all these skills so how do we assess them so what kind of skills do we see observe when they are in preschool when they reach the preparatory levels middle levels and secondary levels all the skills that we see are all different so hence the assessment models also need to change accordingly and this is where the level of learning outcomes that are defined at every one of these stages play a very big role it's very essential to standardize these learning outcomes and that is where designing the assessment model by ncert becomes that much more important and this standardization will ensure that across the board everyone is following the same and the overall education standards in the country improve in a linear manner and reach the benchmarks of the world to enable the students to become global citizens if you see india is now participating in pisa that is a program for international student assessment with chandigarh as the representative of indian education system and many more states are coming forward to participate in 2024 version of pisa now if we have to stand somewhere at par with the countries participating in this examination which will tell us where we are with respect to the rest of the countries in the world 
here we have to recollect that way back in 2009 also we participated and we stood 72nd out of 73 countries who participated so things have to change to meet those standards so how do we go about it once we have brought the preschool age groups from age 3 onwards into the mainstream by adopting ecce principles in teaching and learning automatically the way the ass assessment happens changes and at the preschool level it's not examination oriented at all the entire assessment is going to be like continuous assessment based on observations as when you want to measure competency based learning it has to be and will be a continuous assessment based on the learning outcomes that the child needs to achieve so it becomes necessary for us to have some kind of an evaluation at grades 3 5 and 8 which has been uh, decided by the policy that at these levels which are like at the end of the foundational stage end of the preparatory stage and again at the end of the middle years to ensure that we are on the right track in our endeavor to move ahead in the direction that we chose to take now once the children reach their grade level competency at e at every stage chances of dropouts at these stages also can be reduced although there could be many other reasons for the dropouts also now as regards these examinations now there is a big discussion about these examinations becoming a burden to the children and the parents i don't think it needs to be looked at like a board exam and go on to conduct coaching classes etc but just allow the child the necessary environment to acquire the grade level competency these are basically just to ensure that the children have acquired the knowledge skills and attitudes according to their age group if you see in countries like singapore etc they also conduct an examination in grade 3 and based on the results of the examination children are directed to different schools with different pathways all of them leading to higher education at the convenience of the students so and across the world a continuous evaluation which involves more of qualitative evaluation like the cce that we had earlier is the major method of assessment that is carried out for children across all age groups unfortunately in our country this had to be scrapped as it was not used as intended but if it can be made more robust with parameters and rubrics defined it should help to sustain itself here again the policy clearly states that you know the guidelines will be prepared by ncert in cons consultation with major stakeholders such as the board the various boards of assessments the national assessment center for school education and teachers to bring about a transformation in the assessment system and they've also clearly outlined a timeline also for this that by 2022 23 academic session which will uh, include training of teachers also it will align with the new national curriculum framework which is expected by the uh, by the end of the year so here again the policy speaks volumes about the intent of the government to bring in the necessary change and the importance of bringing in that multidimensionary report card that you mentioned which actually specifies as to the the uh, the growth and the development that the child has actually acquired as regards or the learning outcomes that have been defined for the child rather than quantitative marks marks and marks which is being now given a lot of importance so uh, and uh, once that is done uh, 
and uh, and once this is done with you know uh, with the expertise of the professionals the coordination of with all the stakeholders and a consensusness to bring in a big change in the assessment system of the country it will ensure that children are not pressurized nor do they need to feel the pressure and parents also do not need to look at exams like something demonizing which is what is happening now so i think both children and parents also should relax and take things as they come easily and happily this yeah. is my take on that thank you so much ma'am it's really uh, it's very deep and i look forward to such a day when all the teachers yes. and all the stakeholders are actually implementing the all the important points which are laid out in this policy so as you have mentioned the importance of experiential learning at all stages and uh, the integration of art sports yes. and multidisciplinary curriculum so as an educationist what you, what do you think that how this will improve our indian education system uh, um basically if you see when they designed this nep on the face of it it looks very ambitious it has all the right words providing universal access to quality education uh, uh, etc i actually look at it like a progressive step by bringing in forcefully the, that that teaching and learning has to change that we need to bring in experiential learning we need to integrate if you see countries like finland have already done away with subjects and now their education is completely concept oriented which brings in the multidisciplinary dimension into education so slowly i can see us also moving into that direction and why i call this as a progressive a step is because it has been very well laid out with consultations and taking feedback from across the spectrum and carefully drafted to cover every aspect of the field of education i must say i have been one of the uh privileged persons to have received the first draft uh, way back in 2015 of this national education policy and it also clearly reflects that we now want to move towards the needs requirements and aspirations of the students to become global citizens and that it should be met and it is also very clear that there has been a lot of research done about the educational systems across the world especially from the developed world and the world leaders in the field of education it reflects the thinking that we now want to think global and act local to rise up to the global standards and at the same time taking in the rich cultural heritage of our country as a springboard to achieve quality and innovation in education this is my view on this uh, nep Oh wow that's very nice ma'am thank you for bringing out such important words of wisdom for us we are really blessed to have you discussing about such important features of NEP but as an educator i always uh, think about that in the absence of the required infrastructure in schools especially for technology integration uh do you think nep implementation is possible and are we all prepared for this kind of implementation which is being talked about in the new education policy yes that's a wonderful question and uh, that is one thing that uh, that is on the top of every educator's mind today 
and there is no doubt that technology is going to play a very very big role very important role in the education sector in the future i would say it has reached a tipping point uh, because still today education uh, technology was at the doorstep of education trying to enter into the education in a big way and covid has brought a situation where now we have we, we have uh, realized that we cannot do without technology so there's a lot of focus on increasing the connectivity now the country wide uh, the uh, uh, government has prioritized con- uh, increasing the connectivity across the country and it has been taken up on a war footing by the government but the previous academic session you know what, what we saw we saw a major di- digital divide and so there are many avenues that were created like doordarshan and other media using whatsapp and many other uh, things whichever media we could use and wherever possible it could be used and this was been exposed threadbare by the covid situation so this is now very much in focus and when we talk about technology we have to talk about two things one is connectivity and the next is usage in terms of resources being available so while the government is focusing on increasing the connectivity there's a lot of focus on technological interventions to serve as aids to teachers which will be both piloted and then implemented and public and school libraries are will be expanded to build a culture of reading and communication digital libraries or also will be encouraged to set up in all public and school libraries these are all the plans that have been laid out to keeping the technology um, and the lack of it also in in mind and the idea behind developing all these software and resources is that once the connectivity is established we are ready to use it in full flow that is why there's a lot of prioritizing uh, in catering to multiple needs of children like even adjusting fonts in the books or creating audio books the retina eye span attention test the digital braille musical apps software teaching learning e content you know all of these they continue to be developed by states in all regional languages also as well as by the ncert the ciet cbsc nios and other bodies and institutions and they will all be uploaded onto the diksha platform There, uh, and there is increasing access for disadvantaged and divyang friendly educational software also so while the connectivity is getting built on one side resources are also getting developed on the other side so that once the connectivity is ready there is enough access for resources for teachers and all educators at hand and the national education technology forum that has been set up to build intellectual and institutional capacities in educational technology it envisions strategic thrust areas in this domain to articulate new directions for research and innovation and organize multiple regional and national conferences workshops so as a two pronged attack things are getting developed i would say to ensure that once the connectivity is established we are ready with all the necessary software and resources to aid our teachers and all the educators that's very enlightening indeed ma'am and we are waiting for that day when technology integration is being implemented successfully in all the classroom to instill 21st century skill in our students yeah. 
सो ओवरऑल एन ई पी अपियर्स टू बी क्वाइट ओवरवेलमिंग एज एन एजुकेटर आई कैन सी दैट आई हैव रेड द डॉक्यूमेंट सो वॉट स्ट्रैटेजीज कैन यू सजेस्ट फॉर एजुकेटर्स वेयर दे कैन टेक द फर्स्ट स्टेप फॉर इम्प्लीमेंटिंग द एन ई पी इन देयर पैडोलॉजी एंड देयर इंस्ट्रक्शनल डिजाइन here different people can take up different strategies but for you to be able to take the uh, a correct strategy there are a few things that one is uh, uh, that one requires it is very clear that it's imperative for every educator to be aware of understand and work towards transforming their schools as per the guidelines spelled out in the in the nep and the onus is always on the leadership of the school as majority of the schools managements do not have much expertise about the field of education that is why i always say that those institutions which exhibit the will of the management and skill of the leadership where both these exists are the ones which actually move forward and are progressive here they need to exhibit a leadership style leadership which where they are able to envision the steps needed to move ahead that is have the vision energize their team by bringing about the understanding of the necessary steps to be taken in their institutions based on their present levels what is it that is needed infrastructural changes training mentoring monitoring measuring identify and take up the necessary steps show a lot of courage in taking decisions because there could be some hard ones to take and finally show adaptability to move to the 21st century levels as envisaged by the nep here i think the expectations from the leadership would be to exhibit these four attributes have a good vision go with understanding be courageous and open to adaptability to take their schools forward as per the guidelines given in the nep this would be my take on indeed ma'am the role of the leaders is very much important in the implementation of nep and as you have brought out in such a beautiful way i am also uh, teaching in a very good school in uh, delhi and i see my leaders working day in and day out for the successful implementation of nep indeed you made some very valid points thank you for that Mm-hmm. I now I would like to request you to share one last message with our audience today and mm-hmm. uh, let them know how they can connect with you on social media and uh, other places so that if they have any more queries about NEP they can contact you. Uh, sure. I mean my message to the major stakeholders of the school would be for managements in fact I have uh, uh, given this in my book also that is why i have called my book as who are the path breakers in the school because i consider that the management the leadership and the teachers are the main path breakers in the school and for management i would generally categorize them as trail blazers because they have actually come out to set up an institution and to be a trail blazer you need to look at education as a service industry if you look at it as a service business will come but unfortunately the converse is not true for the leadership i would say that they are the catalysts as they should know what kind of leadership would help them at which time 
and be an enabler in the institution. Here, Swami Vivekananda said, believe in yourself and the world will be at your feet. If you win, you can lead. If you fail, you can guide. In fact, this quote has been an inspiration to me all my life. And for teachers, I always believed that they are the change makers of the society today. And to be a change maker, you need to work with a lot of passion and success will be at your feet. This is my message to the major stakeholders in a, uh, in a school. You can always contact me by mail or my, by my mobile or by, by LinkedIn. Uh, I have a LinkedIn account uh, and um, I have a WhatsApp account. I have a Facebook account. Uh, through any one of these, either social media or by my mail, you can contact me. My website is also getting ready. Probably in a week or so, it will get ready. And uh, my mail is clannapurna at gmail.com. And my mobile is 990812-28170. And uh, you can search for me on LinkedIn with CL Annapurna. Same with Facebook. And my website is also www.clannapurna.com. So this is how you can get in touch with me. I would be very happy to uh, answer to any uh, queries that you, you can have. I'm sure even I will learn something through, the, uh, through this. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing such valuable information with us and making us assure that you are available for us to help us and handhold us for implementation of NEP. Thank you for setting aside your valuable time to be our guest on our podcast today. You are an edu rock star, definitely. And I really appreciate your all the endeavors and efforts that you are making to make the education system a different thing in India. I invited you to this podcast because you are doing such amazing things in the field of education. And I had the privilege of meeting you once in our school when we had a workshop for teachers for global citizenship education. And I really admired all your sincere efforts. Thank you so much, ma'am, for joining in with the guests for the podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. You have just listened to the Edu Rockstar Talks podcast with your host Sumedha Sodhi. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Head over to subscribe, rate and leave a review for us. It is very much appreciated. Do not forget to join us next week for another exciting episode. Thank you for listening to us and we will never to be forgotten.